Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Here we go. This okay. is our first you time in Lake Haven. This is. Never been here before. Lake Haven Church. It's We're exciting. so excited. We love your pastors. And um, I hope you do too. I hope you do that's too, good. praise Lord. So, that, that's amen. a good response, right? Amen. That's you a good response. Thank you so much. <laughs> Pastor Shannon and Karen, you are blessed. If this is your if this is your home church, congratulations. Amen. You go to a great church. And if you're visiting here, if you're a guest here today, then um, think about coming back. Are you ministering next week? Pastor Shannon, excellent. So come back next week and uh, you'll be really blessed. If you're watching online, then come on out and check uh, it out. You should have been here. I'm sorry, yeah. you should have been here. Check it out. We love you anyway. Maybe they couldn't physically get here, but <laughs> next time. And um, remember, you know, a church alive is worth the drive. So if you make a commute to get here, it's worth it. Once a week or so, it's worth it. Come here if you can, praise God. I know yeah. some of you travel to be here and, uh, you know, welcome. And also congratulations, you've found a good place to get fed. And uh, I, I encourage you to plug in. We believe in the local church. We don't do any events really outside of the local church. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's very powerful to, to be plugged into a body, eh? to Absolutely. be plugged into a local church, especially Absolutely. nowadays. You need to be plugged in more than ever. Now, let me say this with risk of upsetting anyone. This is not a perfect church. So if you hang around, you'll find something wrong or something to be offended at. <laughs> so, but you know what? You know, you know I like to say, where, where there's sheep, there's poop. Where there's sheep, there's poop, yeah. yeah. I might have said it a little bit more eloquently than that, but anyway. So, Don't worry, I've got you covered, babe. So I'm just going to say so, it as it is. So... I mean, maybe just today you might get offended if Carly's message, who knows. But you don't have to come back later if you're offended right. already. <laughs> but seriously though, seriously, though, make sure you get plugged in. And, you know, it's an opportunity to walk by faith when, you know, when you feel like, you know, usually it's always us, right? It's 99% yeah. of the time when I get uh, upset or something, the Lord says, what about you? And I say, oh, yeah, sorry, Lord. So overlook those things. This is a great church, and we wouldn't be here if it wasn't. We recommend it wholeheartedly. It's online, and uh, people here... Um, you've got great pastors and uh, pastors T and Rose. We've got a great, yeah. great team of people here. Amen. Praise God. You've got a great team can, of people we here. We can tell already and they love you well. Yes, yes, you're well loved. Amen. So, real quickly, Carly, we've got some things here. Yeah, we've got some things to give this away. This is that book that uh, Pastor Shannon was talking about. It's it called. Is. Now, I have to interpret. We're English, as you may have noticed. Now, but I, you're a skilled church of accents, I've noticed. Yeah. Because you've got pastors Karen and Shannon from, from uh, Shannon and Karen from South Africa, so you understand English. They must have the gift of interpretation. You understand English. Most churches we go to, this is very dangerous, but anyway, I'll say it. We went to a church the other day in the, in the South. I love the South. And this lady came up to me and she said, after the service, she said, Ashley, I can't understand a word you're talking about. Do you speak English? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, let's have a English. But anyway, so we are bilingual. We can speak English and American now. Yeah. Okay, so, but I feel like you've already, you're already honed into the English accent, so we're okay. But in England, we would say thorns. In America, thank you, Shannon. Thank you. But in America, you say thorns. Thorns. So thorns. <laughs> I can't even say my own book. Thorns, barns, and oil jars is talking about the tripod to your prosperity. It's actually talking about um, uh, misconceptions in the body of Christ, about finances, about provision. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. There's a lot of ditches we can fall into. And this is a balanced book that will get you through that. I had a great compliment from a good friend of mine who said, this is like the uh, spirit-filled, new, rich dad, poor dad. Which is like, that's wow. a big compliment. Andrew Womack wrote it, and he liked it, so he wrote the foreword. So you'll be blessed with this book. So yeah, who needs help with their awesome. finances? Who needs help with their finances? So this lady here. Maybe Pastor T, yeah, you could give that to someone who needs help. That lady there who needs help with you finances. You know, when we write great. books, we really need to think about titles that we the can pronounce. titles that we can pronounce can ourselves. Pronounce. Yeah, yeah, if we can't pronounce them ourselves. Well, I can't actually pronounce my own name. So my name is actually Spanish. My dad was born in Spain, came over to England when he was a teenager. And if you're Spanish, you're meant to roll your R's. 
So it's Teradis, but I can't roll my R's. So I can't actually say my own name. So Teradis. That's you all right. People just call me Ashley. Teradis. They do. They call you yeah. Ashley, to be fair. They call you Ashley. <laughs> so, okay. Okay, what so next? what else we got? Oh, we got this teaching. This is a CD teaching. Does anyone have a CD player here? No. I don't. A, few a few people. people. So we started, you know, we, had, we moved over to all USBs because we you know hip and trendy. And then we realized it was on television that people watch, that watch television don't know how to use a USB. Yeah. So they phoned in and said we don't we have We need those a CD. USB so we made so. CDs as well. So this one's a CD version. So it's going to help if you have a CD player. But this is Daisy Chains and Dynamite. This is about where our focus is because, you know, sometimes our thoughts can lead to things that are destructive. Right? We can have destructive and we can have creative thoughts. You can create something good or you can create a mess. Mm -hmm. So this is going to help somebody that's challenged maybe with their thought life and wants yep. to get a bit focused. Who's going to give that Who's one away? their thought life? Okay. Perfect. Guy right down the back there. Half and we got, I don't two. know what we've got out there because I haven't been out there, but we only got brought the good stuff. We brought the good so stuff. There's no junk the out there. Yeah. And... There you go. <laughs> You're welcome. And this book is called Fearless. And, you know, I wrote this um, during, well, just right before COVID. I think God has interesting timing he sometimes. Knew he knew what was going to happen. So. He did. And the thing with fear is it can, it's sneaky. It can sneak into, you know, into our words. It can sneak into our everyday decisions. Mm -hmm. and, it and it forms a habit on the inside of us. And so this book is really um, designed to help you identify the patterns that fear creates in your life and learn how to break those cycles, okay? Mm -hmm. This is called Fearless. Kathy Duplantis liked it right there the forward on that one. So if you're struggling with fear, now you're going to have to be brave to put your hand up, aren't you? Yeah, right? Yeah, if That's you're too the first scared step. to put your hand up. And also, some people get upset about this bear. This bear is not dead. He's just sleeping. Okay, <laughs> there's a mama there with, uh, actually uh, subduing a bear. And then they also ask, is that Carly? That is not Carly, and that is not Hannah, and that is not a real bear. Glad we cleared that up. Clear that so up. Because some people no get refunds. Who's full of fear and can't <laughs> even put their hand up? They're so scared. Go and pass it to you. You give that to someone who's full of fear. Fear is just false evidence appearing real. Perfect. Awesome. Amen. False evidence appearing real. Amen. So. It is. Well, I'm going to be back this evening. And tonight, yes. Tonight is going to be awesome. It's going to be the spiritual This morning is going to be awesome. It's, yeah, okay. But tonight it's going to be the spiritual <laughs> Super Bowl, right? 5 p.m. Okay, we're going oh, to see okay. we're going to see some amazing things in the spirit tonight. Amen. And if you was there, how many of you were there at Andrew Romack's Gospel Truth? Down oh, a lot of you, it was praise a God. Great so conference. we saw a lot of great healings. Jesus is still in the healing business, praise God. You know what? Amen. God loves to heal his people and, and show himself strong. And we are believing tonight just every time we preach the word and, and pray for the sick, we see healing. So tonight Amen. Bring out your friends, bring out your family, uh, bring out your enemies. You know, come on out tonight. You're gonna be. We'll be done. Uh, you'll get still get back for the Super Bowl thing. So don't worry about that. Anyway, it's that thing goes on for hours. hours. You'll be fine. Even yeah. when there's only two minutes left. This is where my <laughs> sons watch it and they go, Dad, there's two minutes left. Four and hours like, later. Yeah, literally, like half an hour later or 45 minutes later, they're playing the last two minutes. You know so why they do that? Well, they have more time to sell snacks. Advertisements. Yeah. Advertisements. So anyway. You'll still get back to see the Super Bowl. Come on out at 5 p.m. Bring your friends, family, enemies. Amen. It's going to be awesome. Especially bring people that need healing or want to learn about how to minister healing. We will see miracles Amen. tonight. It's going to be we powerful. Will. So if Amen. you're not here, you wish you was here because you'll hear about it and say, I heard about these miracles. Should have been here. <laughs> so 5 p.m. Almost putting them under condemnation, didn't I? I'm not going to say you have to be here to go to heaven, but you, oh you should God. be. Oh, my God. I'm going to leave you now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to leave you okay. to preach now. Thank be you. nice to the people. That's okay, it. honey. Thank you, honey. Right. Praise God. My, my wife's a blessing. You're going to be blessed coming out tonight. Yeah. Praise God. It's going to be awesome. Amen. 
So thank you, uh, Karen and Sharon. I know I've already said this, but Pastors Shannon and, and Karen, we've known them for, I think, about five or six years, and we've been talking about coming here, and, you know, it's a timing thing, and this time it worked out, and I'm so pleased it worked out. So thank you so much for having us. It's an honor to be here and to, to minister to this church. Praise God. Lake Haven Church. If you're watching online, make sure you check it out. Lake Haven Church. It's on our website. You can go to our website and, and find the link for it. Praise the Lord. And I know that our staff and our team also invite a lot of people from the area. So if, you were, if you've got an invitation from Terodes Ministries, then welcome. Come and see us afterwards. We'd love to meet you. Grab your Bible. Second Kings chapter 4. You know, Carly and I, we, we type of one-trick ponies. We just teach the Word. And signs follow the preaching of the Word. And that's another reason why I love this church, because you're a Word church. You believe in the Word. And um, praise God, it's, it's awesome to have a, a church where they believe in the Word and they teach the Word. So Second Kings chapter 4. You probably heard this story. Um, I love it. It's one of my uh, stories that I love to, to talk about, because it's, it's just a good story to show us the goodness of God. So 2 Kings chapter 4, and I'm just going to read you the story and then I'm going to break some of it down. So a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. You know, um, this lady's husband could have been Obadiah and he was actually um, a servant of Elisha and really looked after Elisha. And, um, you know, they, and they did a lot of things for him and, and made a room for him and things like that. So they had a relationship. It says here, um, but he's dead now, right? My, you're, you're certain my husband is dead. So this lady, back in those days, her source, if you like, her, her, her uh, income, everything else came from her husband. Now her husband's dead. So she's in a desperate situation. She says, and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditors are coming to take my two sons to be slaves. So they had debt. And what happened was, is now the creditors were coming to take her slaves away. In those days, if you couldn't pay your debt, you couldn't just declare bankruptcy. You couldn't just, um, you know, go into foreclosure. They'd actually come and take, you know, they want collateral, and they'd actually take your uh, uh, children or even your husband as collateral and make them slaves to pay off the debt. So she was really concerned here because here's a lady who's looking at losing her two sons to slavery because this is a desperate situation. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour out into these vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons, brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass... When the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And, and he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, she told Elisha, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt and you and your sons live on the rest. This is a great story of supernatural increase and how the Lord wants to bless us and wants to look after us. A couple of things here. First of all, this was a very desperate situation. This lady was, was at dire straits. She was in a desperate situation. Can you imagine as, as a parent losing your children to slavery because she had debt? So it was a very serious situation. And, um, you know, I don't know. How many of you heard uh, the story of our daughter, Hannah? Hannah's healing. Has anyone heard that? Only a few of you. Okay. Well, I feel led. So, so our daughter, Hannah, she's now actually 20 years old. And um, she's, uh, she just got married in April. So April last year, so um, I'm, I'm navigating that. I now have a, an, another son. We have t uh, two sons, Zachary, who runs a lot of administration in our ministry. He also um, is at business school. And then we have our middle son, Joshua, who, who loves to minister. He just came back from Africa, South Africa. In fact, Neisner, uh, he, he ministered with one of Shannon's friends down there in Neisner. Saw 200 kids give their life to Jesus for the first time. I don't know, praise God. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. He's only 21 himself. 
And it was really interesting because he actually said to them, you know, they all, he had such a great uh, um, uh, response to the message. He preached a gospel message. They had a big youth event. And he had such a great response. He wanted to clarify it. So he said, everybody, listen to me. I only want you up here if this is your very first time you've ever asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And like hardly anyone sat down and they counted 200 people received Christ. That's, that's phenomenal. So they're so blessed. He's a preacher. He's a minister. He loves to minister. And he travels and ministers. And then um, and my daughter, the love, not the love of my life, the love of my life is here, Miss Carly. But she's, you know, she's my daughter. If any men here with daughters understand, she's my daughter. And I thought, well, she's the youngest. She's going to be hanging around the house for a long time. Well, she met a man and got married. But he's a good guy, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, a, a Bible school graduate, and he's a very fine young man, and um, he came and asked to marry her, and he's very tall, he's six foot four. So he came in the house to ask to marry her, and yet it's hard to be intimidating when someone's towering over you, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, so I'm like, get in the truck. My friend told me, if you want to you know, have a serious conversation, take them on a drive, because they can't leave the conversation at 50 miles an hour, they're type of stuck. So I sat him in the truck, I put my seat up, you know, Shannon, like, like, you know. So I looked down on him like, I just said to him, you know what, we have the same goal in life, to love and care for, for Hannah, and um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're on the same team, aren't we? He's like, yes sir, yes sir. But anyway, so he was so nervous, bless him. But anyway, they got married in April, and then actually they, um, uh, we had our first grandchild, our grandson was born uh, just a few weeks ago, um, January the 3rd, our grandson was born, praise God, so amen. Now if you're good at math... If you're good at math, you might say, in a minute, January the 3rd, they got married, April the 16th, they got the, the, the child came along eight months after they got married. But it's okay, it was two months early. So, so but forever I'm going to make fun of that. So anyway, they, so anyway, that'd be funny. So anyway, they, uh, they waited one month to have a baby. I said, wait a year, they waited a month, had a baby, and I'll tell you this story real quickly. The baby was actually, uh, her waters broke at 29 weeks, and it looked like it was going to be, there was going to be complications. Um, the nurses said, you know, 90% of the time when someone's waters break, they give birth within 72 hours. We prayed and said, we don't want this baby to come out in 29 weeks. That's, that's not quite cooked enough yet. That's not quite baked enough. So we prayed and that baby went, I don't get too graphic, but he put his head and plugged the hole and never moved his head for, for was it, three, nearly four weeks longer. Held, the, held the, the, his head in place so that um, so she didn't go into labor anymore. And um, she gave birth at 34 weeks. And he's 100% healthy. He had to be in NICU for a while because, you know, he's new. But he's out of NICU. He's home now. He's out of hospital. And he's the cutest little thing. Bless his heart. I'm, like, I'm just doing the grandfather thing. Wherever I go, I'm showing people my, pictures of my grandkids. But he's cute. Look, you see him. Look at his a cute little face there. Look, he's just that cute. Anyway, so any grandparents in the house? It's a great club, isn't it? I've joined it. Praise the Lord. So they say that grandkids are your God's reward for not killing your kids. They say that. They say that. They say that if you have grandkids, if you know how good grandkids are, you would have skipped having kids and just went straight to grandkids. So, so anyway, so we're blessed. So Hannah, when she was three years old, she was diagnosed with an incurable disease. In fact, she was sickly all her life. When she was born, she was never able to feed properly. She was always throwing up. And then it came time to wean her, and she wasn't eating solid food. Every time she tried to eat solid food, she choked on it, and, um, and she would throw up. So we took her to the, dos uh, the hospital, obviously, and, and she ended up in Great Ormond Street, one of the best children's hospitals in the world, and um, she spent a lot of time there. And when she was three years old, they diagnosed her with a rare autoimmune disease called enosynic enteropathy. Uh, you can find it on our website, the stories on our website, if you're medical and you want to know all about it. But um, they put a feeding tube directly into her stomach. They put her on a machine that had to run 23 hours a day, and then... Um, one hour a day, we'd, we'd uh, unplug it and wash it, you know, sterilize and everything else, and then plug it back in again. And what happened was her growth was so stunted, 
they, they in England, you know, they do regular checkups and they have like the zone where, where kids can be in, and then they have the red danger zone at the bottom and the red danger zone at the top, you know, obesity and, and underweight. Well, there was the red danger zone. She didn't even make it into the danger zone. She was so petite. In fact, when she was three years old, she was the size of a nine-month-old baby. She was so small. And she actually started to deteriorate. So her hair started falling out. Her skin went translucent. And, um, you know, there's a couple of times we was out with her and she was in a stroller in a buggy and people would come up to her, especially kids because they don't know any better, right? Kids would come up to her and poke her and say, is she dead? Is she alive? Because she looked so bad. Her eyes were sunken back. She was getting worse and worse. So she was in the hospital and um, at the time we were spirit-filled believers. We believed that God could heal, but we didn't understand the truth that God is a consistently good God. We didn't understand that it's always God's will to heal. We didn't understand that God was a good God. See, we used to think, well, maybe God heals, maybe he doesn't. If, if it's, up, it's all up to God. If, if God wants to, to bless someone, he'll bless them. If he doesn't want to bless them, maybe he's teaching us something through this. And that's a lie for the enemy. And it's religion. religion. Only religion could mess this up and say that God does bad things to his people. Now, when bad things happen, can we get lessons from that? Yeah, can God use that? Of course he can. But that's not his nature. His nature is not to do bad things with children. He's a loving God. He is love. So everything, every time you, you contact God, you're going to have a loving experience. And um, so if you can learn from bad things, but God didn't do those bad things. He teaches us through his word. He teaches us through his spirit. He doesn't need to do bad things to us to teach us. And that's not his nature. So anyway, we believe that. But then we got a teaching, and that teaching changed our life. We got a, a free cassette tape, actually, from Andrew Romick Ministries. And that teaching changed our life for, for the first time. God is a good God. God actually wants our daughter well. It was a revelation to us. So we started listening to as much faith-filled teaching as we could. We just filled ourselves up with the Word of God. And uh, eventually we, uh, we um, uh, looked up to see if there was a conference. And there was actually a conference in England. I was living in England at the time. So we went to the, I went to the doctor and I said to the doctor, I said, now, how bad is my daughter? Well, first of all, I said, I took the doctor outside the room. I'm, I'm in my early 20s, so it was a little strange. But I took him outside the room. I said, come with me. And I said to him, how long have you been doing this for? How long have you been a pediatrician for? Because I want to know. Is this guy like new on the job? You know, it's like you want to know, does this guy know what he's talking about? And he said, so I said, I've been a pediatrician for 28 years. And I said, well, how bad is my daughter? And he type a grimace a bit and he said, well, she's the worst I've ever dealt with. I said, okay, now I type a know where I'm at. I said to him, what's next? Because this machine you've plugged her into isn't working, is it? And he said, no, it's not working. So I said, what's next? And he grimaced a bit and he looked down at his shoes and he type an um denied. And he said, I'll tell you what, bring her back in two weeks and we'll give her some, some extra things. I've got one more thing I want to try. Well, I found out afterwards that was his kind way. He believed that she would only live for one more week. And rather than just a die at the hospital, he sent her home. He said there was nothing else they could do. If there was anything else they could have done, they would have done it then and there. And they certainly wouldn't send her home in that condition because she was so poorly. So we didn't know at the time, but they actually sent her home to die with one week to live. So we didn't take her home. We took her to a conference. A little bit like this, really, a, a room full of people that love the Word of God, that are full of faith, that love to worship and uh, believe God's promises. And um, she received prayer. And when she received prayer, which she was asleep, when she woke up, we said, Hannah, while you was asleep, Jesus healed you. Simple as that. We don't have to overcomplicate things. If you watch how Jesus prayed for the sick, it's very simple. You know, it's sometimes religion, and, and we could be religious, right, even, even in our circles. We could be religious and, and start to get, we don't, you know, God is a good God, and, and you, can, you can pray simple prayers. Sometimes the best prayers are simple prayers. Help, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's like, you know, so simple prayers. Be healed. Life. Well, she was prayed for very simply, spoke life to her body. She woke up, and I said, Hannah, when you was asleep, Jesus healed you. She said, I want to eat. Now, she'd never eaten solid food in her life. And she was actually um, uh, just able to, to uh, drink water. She wasn't able to drink any fluids. She was being fed or sustained through this machine, which wasn't working. So um, she said, I want to eat. 
Now, I said, well, what do you want to eat? She said, I want McDonald's. I said, McDonald's? She said, that'll kill a well person. I said, McDonald's? <laughs> I said, don't sue me, McDonald's, if you're watching. But that's the power of advertising, right? So we was in a strange town. We went to this conference in a different town. So we was in strange towns. So we drove around looking for McDonald's. Couldn't find a McDonald's. We found a Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> I said, so I said, so I said, it's funny. I've never, I've told this story quite a few places. I've never had someone get so excited about Kentucky Fried Chicken. So that's awesome. So anyway, praise the Lord. You know you're in Florida when they get excited about Kentucky Fried Chicken. So <laughs> praise the Lord. So anyway, we went to Kentucky Fried Chicken. We walked in there. Now people must have thought it was a strange family because there's like us at a round table with our two boys. They were little at the time, two boys and Hannah. And the four of us didn't eat our food. We just stared at Hannah. While she ate her food. And we all just stared at her. And they're like, funny family. One eats, the other four just watches. But we were so fascinated because she took fried chicken and started eating it. She, she ate fries. And then she ate chocolate brownies and milkshakes. And she just stuffed herself full of food, which probably isn't wisdom when you've just been on a three-year fast and never ate solid food in your life. Isn't that amazing? She kept eating and eating and eating. She wanted more. We bought her more. She kept eating and eating. We took her back to the conference. Actually, on the way back to the conference, that was the morning session she was prayed for. On the way back to the evening session, she started to choke. She started to have a symptom. And she's in the back of the car. And right there, I had a decision to make. I thought... Am I going to let fear in and say, it's too good to be true. She's not, you know what, she's lost her healing. But I remember the teaching I listened to on authority of believer. And I thought, you know what, I have authority over this sickness. And I have a measure of authority over her because she's only three years old. So I turned around and I said, choking stop in Jesus' name. And it stopped. I had to do that twice on the way to the conference. And then since then, that was 2006. Since then, she's not had one more symptoms. We never plugged the machine back in. We took her back to hospital. In fact, we took her home, and the, the nurses come to her house and said, we've heard you're feeding your child. You cannot do this. Well, I said, well, come on in. And there she was eating, and they were like, they stood back like the awe of God. They said, you've got to bring her to hospital. So we took her back to hospital. They did all these tests on her. And they, I love doctors. If you're a doctor, I love you. But they were disappointed. They came in. They tapped disappointed. They said, Hannah, we've tried and tried, but we can't find one thing wrong with you. You're 100% healed, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Hannah just smiled. You know, she's three years old. She just smiled. She said, I know I'm perfect. It's like this. So one of the medical reports, they actually put in parentheses in one of the things. They said miracle is the explanation. They couldn't ex explain it. So they put miracle on there because it was such an instant healing like that. What God did for Hannah, what God did for, for us, he's no respecter of persons. We're nothing special. It's not because all of a sudden we did it. No, it's because all it is is believing the word of God over the circumstances. We chose to believe Hannah was healed rather than believe she was sick. And I know there's different ways of walking this out. Jesus didn't even heal everyone. Everyone who, who Jesus prayed for did not receive their healing the same way. So there's lots of different ways you can receive healing. But the bottom line is, is God wants you well. And I'm telling you, my wife is going to cover some more of this tonight. But I want to tell you that God is a good God. And whatever the desperate situation is, we was at a desperate situation. Guess what the answer was? The Word, Jesus. You know, John 1, the, uh, the Word became flesh. So we can say Jesus and the Word in the same sentence. It was Jesus that was the answer. The Word of God was the answer. And um, that's all you need. Amen. That's all you need. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to get religious about it. You don't have to get, you know, it's Jesus. He's the answer. It's like Sunday school, right? When, when you're a little kid, if someone asks you a question, just answer Jesus because 90% of the time it's going to be right. Well, I'm here to tell you 100% of the time the word works. 100% of the time Jesus is the answer. And Jesus healed our daughter and now she's 100% well. And I want to tell you, if you're in a desperate situation, this lady here was in a desperate situation. It looked like she was up against a rock and a hard place. Like the Israelites, you know, they're up against the Red Sea. They're going to drown 
down in the Red Sea, they've got rocks one way, or they've got the, the Egyptians coming to kill them. It seems like an impossible situation, but here's the, here's the good news. There's never an impossible situation with God. God's the God of the impossible. In fact, every time you see the word impossible, just write it out more like, I'm possible. Because that's the truth, okay? Everything is possible for those who believe. All things are possible. Nothing should be possible for those who believe. And if we believe, faith really, faith is all, all faith is is just believing the word of God over your natural circumstances or over your feelings. And you say, I feel like this, my body's telling me this. But the word of God says I'm healed. The word of God says I have peace. The, the, the natural circumstance, my bank account looks like this, but the word of God says he's going to supply my needs. You know, my, my kids are not walking the Lord, but the word of God says, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Whatever the situation is, if we choose to believe, there's nothing impossible for God. Now, things don't happen instantly all the time. There's lots of other reasons for that. We have our own hearts. We have our own wills. People have wills, free wills. You know, there's the, still the enemy roaming around. But the bottom line is this. If you choose to believe and don't quit, you'll see the impossible come about in your life. Amen. So this is a possible situation for this lady. And it seemed like there was no answer. But God always has a way where there seems to be no way. I don't say now where there's no way. I say where there seems to be no way. We may not be able to see a way in the natural but God always has a way. He always has a way. There's always a way of escape with God. So this woman was in a desperate situation. What did she do here? Well, the first thing is she went to the man of God. She went to, she went to the word, if you like. She went to the Lord. She actually went to get a word from God. She went to the man of God and said, help me. And the man of God gave her a word. The man of God gave her a word. Now, nowadays, we don't need a, a man or woman of God. To, we can go straight to God ourselves. We can enter his presence. In fact, we can live in his presence. We have the word for ourselves, the written word. So we don't need, now it's, there's nothing wrong with going and asking for prayer and, and having people speak into our lives, nothing wrong with that. But don't ever replace that with your own relationship with God. You spend time with God, you sit at his feet and say, Lord, what should we do? And Elijah here gave her a word and he said, this is, what do you have in your house? Now I think she was expecting something a bit more spectacular rather than what do you have in your house? How many times, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many times you prayed and you just had this thought or feeling or impression, something very simple and it's almost like, that's just me. That's too much of a simple answer. I'm looking for something spectacular. I'm looking for something, you know, just real, real extravagant. And the Lord's telling me to go and phone this person. Or the Lord's telling me to go and give him this offering. The Lord's telling me to go and take that job. Or the Lord's telling me to go and, you know, see this person. Or the Lord's telling me to do something simple. Go and forgive this person or read this passage or whatever it is. It seems something so simple. God presents himself humbly to us. And sometimes it's, it's almost like we can miss him. You know, Moses had to stop and go and see the burning bush. Otherwise, he would have missed it. Jesus walked past the disciples on the boat. They had to call out to him. He, would have walked, he said he would have walked right past them. It's like the Lord's looking for an invitation from us to get involved. And he's not going to violate your free will. He's going to let you do what, make your own choices. And I think that actually makes him more powerful, the fact that he's given us free will on earth. So everything on earth isn't just down to God. People struggle with this. I think it's like, a, imagine having an apartment building. You could own a whole apartment building with, you know, 20 apartments in there. You could own that whole building. God owns the whole earth and the fullness thereof. He owns it all. Amen. It's all God's. But if you own that apartment building and you've got renters in those apartments, you can't go in there. You haven't got the legal right to bust in their apartment and tell them, don't cook that for dinner. Cook this for dinner. You get arrested. But you own the apartment. God owns the earth. Technically, God owns us, but he's given us free will which makes him more powerful because he's handed that, that, that authority of the earth over to us. So he's not going to force you to do anything. So it's entirely up to you 
what you do, it's your choice what you do. And she went and got a word from God, and, and the, uh, Elisha said to her, what do you have in your house? It was a very humble word. It wasn't very spectacular. And she just said to him, well, all your servant has, all your maid servant has is this bit of oil. If you study out, it's just this little bit of oil, this insignificant bit of oil. How many of you have something you think is insignificant? Maybe it's a talent. Maybe it's past experience. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job you have. Whatever it is, and you think that's just not enough. That's just insignificant. That's not going to do it. But how many of you know God takes those seemingly insignificant things, those small things in the natural, and he puts his super with them and you can get supernatural results? I'm telling you, I've seen this time and time again in our own lives and in other people's lives. They'll take something very small, a word from God, and use it and it can increase. But the thing is, God needs something to work. He wants us to give him something to work with. You know, every supernatural uh, um, uh, uh, abundant story in the Bible, you know, uh, um, story of provision, you could look at Old Testament, New Testament, every story of supernatural provision in the Word of God, there's something in the natural that's done first. You know, in First Kings, there was an axe head that, that sunk. You remember that story? The axe head, he was swinging his axe, and he, he said, it's quite funny, he was showing off of his big axe, and then it fell in the river, and it was like, it was on credit, I didn't even own that axe. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, and what happened, Elijah got a stick, natural, got a stick, threw it in the river, and the axe head floated. They needed to pay te- temple taxes, Peter came to Jesus, need to pay temple taxes. Jesus said, go fishing. Peter was a fisherman. Get a line, go fishing. Peter's like, that's just something so normal and natural, he almost missed it. But he went fishing, did the natural thing, but from a word from God, with God's blessing on it, he caught a fish with a, with a, a coin in the mouth to pay the temple taxes. Feeding the 5,000, they took five natural loaves, two natural fish, nothing spectacular. Seemed like it was far too small to fix the situation, but Jesus blessed it, broke it, Gave it to the people, it increased supernaturally. Water into wine. It was, a, it was a shameful thing to run out of wine at a wedding. You know what? They took water pots, filled them up. They had to do that natural action. Do something in the natural, and then God put his super to it for supernatural results. And church, I'm telling you, too many times we overlook these little things because we think that's not important, or that doesn't re- that's not really significant, or you know, that's not going to make any difference. You know, I need a job, I need a job that pays X amount of money, and this job only pays this amount of money. Or I need a business that's going to make this amount of money every month, and this business will only make this amount of money every month. Don't despise small beginnings. God works in seed forms, and he loves taking the seemingly small things and insignificant and making them supernatural, praise God, and giving them a supernatural increase. Then he gets the glory, and it's, and it's awesome. So that's how God works. He works with these seemingly small things. So never despise small beginnings. Don't, I hate to say this word, but don't curse your seed by saying, well, I've got no talent. I've got no, there's nothing I can do. There's no, I've got no experience. I've got nothing, you know, I've got no good ideas and things like that. You're basically cursing your, what the, some of the gifts the Lord's given you. How about you bless them? Say, I thank you, Lord, that you've given me talents, abilities, you've given me past experience, you've given me relationships, you've given me, you've given me this job right now. You may hate your job right now, but you give me this job right now. Thank you for this job, Lord. You start changing your attitude. I've seen this so many times where people change their attitude towards their job or their business, and then it increases. Why? Because now you're blessing it. It's like you're, you're blessing it with the water, and it's growing rather than cursing it and, 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 and cutting it off, and, and it will die, and it will actually become worse. So anyway, she had a little bit of oil here, and she's like, you know what? I have a little bit of oil. And the, the, Elisha gave her a word here. He said, okay, here's the word. Go borrow vessels from everywhere. All your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. So gather a lot of vessels. So she went out here and, and knocked on her neighbor's doors and asked for vessels, asked for jars, pots, I remember, it reminded me of my friend's frat house I went to once, and they had, the sink was full up with dirty cups and plates and everything else, and um, so he made me a coffee and gave me a gravy boat, and the gravy boat was like, 
nothing, nothing was clean. But anyway, I don't know why I thought of that, but so grab a few empty vessels. So they got every empty vessel they could, every empty pot and vase or vase. I feel like I'm bilingual here. Vase, thank you. Vase. He got a vase of, and, and a vase and all that. And um, it's, there's a lot of words different. I'm just saying, I had to learn a new language. Some words are bad words I didn't even know. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. I was teaching Bible school. First time I was here for every week, teaching Bible school, leadership lesson. I said, never assume. I said, when you assume, and I wrote on the board, assume. I said, see, when you assume, someone knows where I'm going with this. See, when you assume, what you're doing is, is you're making, and I wrote it out, a donkey, uh, ASS, out of you and me. And the whole class went, oh. and I went, that's right, you're making it out of you and me. And I thought, they are really getting this, Shannon. Like, they're really, they're, this is powerful. So I said it about three or four times. That's right. And after class, they're like, they said to Carly, they said, does your husband usually cuss while he teaches? <laughs> like, she's like, no. Found out you can't say that openly from the pulpit. But in England, no problem. So anyway, and there's a lot worse that I can't say in church, let me tell you. So be careful when you go to South Africa, when you go to England. There's a lot of words that mean different things in there. So anyway, what's that? They, they, you hear your pastor teach, you're like, whoa, that's it, okay. Amen, come on, that's right, amen. So anyway, praise the Lord. So, and it's a good excuse. When I spell a word wrong, I just say, that's how they spell it in England. <laughs> True story. I was with Barry Bennett driving once, and I turned left on a red light. And he said, actually, that was a red arrow. I said, I'm sorry, Barry. I'm just used to English driving. You can't do that in England. <laughs> anyway, so, where was I? Yes. She gathered some vessels. Here's the thing. She actually borrowed these vessels. Let me just say this real quickly. Some, sometimes people have taken this to extreme and say that you can never uh, be in any type of debt. It's sin to be in debt. Let me just say this. She used debt here as leverage to make money. And I actually believe debt isn't God's best, like there's other ways. But debt is not a sin. If debt was a sin, why would, why would the Lord say in Deuteronomy, to tell the Israelites to lend to nations, but not to borrow? So if, God will never tell you to put someone else under sin. So I think that debt can actually be used for good. Just don't use it for consumer things. Don't try not to go into debt for like furniture and things that are going down in value. Use debt as leverage to make wealth. That's another whole lesson. But I'm just telling you, don't ever feel condemned like I can never have debt. We, we, we personally, our ministry is completely debt-free. Our ministry owns a beautiful property in Colorado that's completely debt-free. The vehicles for the ministry are debt-free. Everything's debt-free in our ministry. But us personally, we do have mortgages because those houses are going up in value. They're making us residual income through the rent. And, it's, and it's, making, it's creating wealth in our life. So don't let anyone condemn you for being in debt. Ultimately, our vision is, is in the years to come, we will have all that paid off and we'll be completely debt-free. But to get there, sometimes you have to use debt to do that. So she used debt here. And um, you know, I know some people might ruffle, ruffle your feathers, but I'm just saying, it's, uh, I know we can get into the extreme ditch and it can also be, it can be hindering sometimes. So I'll just say that. So there's good debt and bad debt, or bad debt and not so bad debt, as I like to say. So... Here we go. So, uh, and I'm going to pray for you in a minute. We're going to get out of any consumer debt because I don't believe that's uh, um, helpful. It, it can hinder your wealth growing. So, she went out and borrowed some vessels. Then she brought them into the house. He said here, he said, and he said, and bring them in and come in and shut the door. Okay, shut the door. This is very interesting. He said, shut the door. There's a number of times Jesus said, go and, when you pray, go and shut the door. It's important to shut out unbelief. It's important when God gives you a word, shut the door on unbelief. Sometimes some of your good friends, family... You can't just let them tell you everything they think about you believing God. Let me tell you, sometimes you can't tell them what you believe in God for. 
Sometimes you can't. Sometimes, some people aren't going to be able to see that. Some people aren't going to be able to go with you on that faith journey. You need to pick who your friends are. You know, just four crazy friends is all you need that believe the word and believe God. And you know what I mean? That's what you need. So if, if I was in this church, I might tell these four crazy, I mean, these four anointed pastors down here, and they could believe with you. And, and, and you know, you've got friends who could believe you, but don't tell people who are going to bring you down and say, well, I don't think that's going to work. Or what about this? What about that? Be, be careful of that. Be careful of Job's friends, right? Make sure that you're telling people that. So shut the door on unbelief. Also shut the door on unbelief. For us personally, we turn the TV off. We don't, our TV, we don't get any outside television. It's like, uh, what is it? Like uh, the, the digital stuff, you know, like Netflix and all that so we can choose what we watch but we don't just let the tv be piped into our house we don't just sit there and watch all the news and watch all the unbelief come in i'm just telling you this is no condemnation god still loves you but if you want to see supernatural results in your life you can't just feed yourself with all this unbelief you can't just feed yourself with all this natural thinking sometimes it's not even bad it's not even sin it's just natural it's just natural, worldly way of looking at things. And if you sit there and watch 10 hours of the news saying that the economy's going down, there's no way of making money at the moment, jobs are going down, you know, stocks are going down, real estate's going down, you look, watch all that, it's going to be hard for you to believe God that you're not a part of that. In 2000, we moved here in 2008, and uh, you know, 2009 we had like the, the recession, if you like, and we just decided not to participate. We like, you know, we're not going to participate in the recession because we live off of God's economy. You know, he'll supply your needs according to his riches in glory, not according to Florida or, or America. It's according to or South Africa or England. It's according to, the, to his economy. And God's economy never has recessions. Heaven never goes bankrupt. Heaven never has problems. Heaven never goes down. I'm telling you, so what the, the bottom line is this, is choose to believe the word rather than the world and, and your natural thinking. And to do that, you're going to have to be proactive in shutting the door to unbelief. And sometimes you're going to have to say no to going to dinner with people that you like but you know that they're just going to spew their unbelief on you. Sometimes you're going to have to put boundaries in place with family members. Sometimes you're going to have to just choose where and, what, and who you hang around with, where you go and who you hang around with and what you watch and what you consume. Don't just sit there on your phones and just consume everything that comes through on social media. Be careful. Be, you know, Jesus said, you know, take heed how you hear. It's going to affect how you believe. You know, uh, I think it's a, it's a computing term, a coding term, but garbage in, garbage out. If you feed yourself on unbelief, feed yourself on just the world's way of doing things, then you're going to get those results. I say you come here, learn, okay, learn from this church, learn from, from online teachings, learn from good ministries, and feed yourself on the good things of God, praise God. Feed yourself on faith, and it will grow. I'm telling you, your faith, your, you, you'll find you'll start exercising your faith, faith muscles, and you'll start being able to believe God. So hang around people that believe God. So she had to shut the door on unbelief. You know, Jesus did this when he, in, when he healed the, uh, the little girl. He, shut, he, he kicked them all out. He shut the door. He kicked the people out, and he just took, um, I think, Peter and John with him, and that was it. So uh, be careful who you allow into your life. Shut the door on unbelief. And you can say no. No is a complete sentence, by the way. Let me just free some of you up. You don't have to come up with 25 excuses and you don't have to feel bad. A real friend will accept a no and not be offended. So if you, if you say no and they're offended, then how much is the real friend there? If you say, you know, I, I don't really want to do that at the moment. I'm sorry, I'm not going to go. Then that's it. If they get offended, then they probably weren't real friends anyway. Ooh, that wasn't on my notes. It was just a little bonus there. So anyway. <laughs> Come back next week, Shannon will fix all this. So, so, um, so he says, he shut the door on your unbelief. You and your sons pour it out into these vessels and set aside the full ones. Watch this, verse 5 in 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, verse 5. So she went from him, went from Elisha, and she did look. She did exactly what he said. She shut the door behind her, her and her sons. They brought the vessels to her. So she was in faith. She believed what the man of God said. 
if she hadn't have believed, what would have happened? She would have gone home with no vessels. And then she may have tried to pour the oil, and the oil would not have increased because there's nowhere for it to flow. And she said, no, it couldn't have worked. Too good to be true. She believed, so she acted. You know, uh, James 2, verse 20 and 23, talks about how faith without works or faith without corresponding. You know, uh, Martin Luther was so upset about that, he almost tried to get James removed from the Bible. He said, this looks like it's works. And, you know, he believed in grace. He believed it was, it was, it was uh, faith righteousness and not by works. But if you study that out, it's not talking about working for your righteousness or working to get something. It's talking about corresponding actions. It means this, if you truly believe something, you're going to act on it. If I told you there was a million dollars in your front yard of your house, or in the, uh, you know, whatever, then you probably shouldn't even be here. You should be out there digging it up. I mean, it's like, it's like wait till the service is over, then dig it up. But you'd go and dig it up. You'd actually put action to your faith. And what happens sometimes is we, we, we think we believe something, we talk about it and stuff, but when you get it in your heart, you'll start acting on it. You'll start acting on it. And here's the mistake people make sometimes. And we've made this mistake, so no condemnation. Everything I'm teaching you, I've made the mistake, so I'm learning through the hard knocks, right? But here's what happens is we can think that action produces faith. So we do the action first, thinking if I do this action, then the faith will come. But faith doesn't come through action. Faith comes through hearing. And hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God, the promises of God. So the more you fill yourself up with the promises of God, the more you listen to faith-filled teachings, the more you read the Word yourself, the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more you get into the things of God and spend time in the Lord, the more faith will come. And that faith will, vet, will get so grounded in you that you just have to act on it. You'll be like, I'm stepping out and acting on it because you truly believe it. Don't make the mistake of thinking, if I, if I do the action, faith will come. This is important in a lot of areas. Financially, some people go out and step out and take huge risks financially when they haven't got the faith to believe for the resources. And it's almost like they're trying to blackmail God. You know, if, I, if I take on this debt or take on these extra staff members or take on this big responsibility, then God's going to have to supply it. Well, no, that wasn't a word from God to do that. And you didn't believe it in your heart anyway when you did it. It's the same with healing. We know people, you know, Kylie was healed of grand mal seizure epilepsy, a, a disease that can't be healed. When I met her, she was having seizures, two or three major seizures a week. She wasn't, she couldn't have a driving license. She couldn't drive a car. Sometimes, I, careful, Kylie's a careful. Sometimes I say, she has a driving license. I'm still not sure if she can drive a car or not. No, no, she's a great driver. <laughs> she's a great driver, but... It was very serious. She couldn't have a driving license. She couldn't be left on her own with the kids. And it, it, she suffered from it for a long, long time. She was on 11 different medications, 13 tablets, pills a day she took for that condition. Very crippling condition. It caused it. My uncle died from the same thing. Very crippling condition that uh, meant she was, she, they emergency landed a plane once in Europe for her. She was in hospital for, for three weeks straight when I first met her. But you know what? She got a word from God. She believed it. She, it was so rooted in her heart that she came home one day after prayer and she said, I'm through with epilepsy. I'm healed. She said, I'm going to stop taking my medication. And I said, no, you're not. I said, now, this is, we've been married 25 years. Praise the Lord. In April, 25 years in April. I know we look so young, but in England, they let you marry at 12 years old. That's what happened there. So <laughs> We were 19, but we got married, or 20. We got married, and for 25 years, we've never... Carly, we've, we've disagreed on things, and we've, we know we've had some disagreements. But this was the only time when Carly went against my command. I said to her, 
honey, I said, you cannot do this because I'm being selfish. I'm like, you're going to die and leave me with these three kids. And they're all little toddlers. I'm like, I'm outnumbered. They're gonna, I'm going to be in trouble. But she said, no, God has told me. And she said, I, I have to do what God's told me. See, she was so convinced. She had faith in her heart. God had spoke to her, gave her a word. She was so convinced that I couldn't even convince her out of it. And that's the only time in our life where this has happened. But she was so convinced. She actually said to me, if you, conv- if you, if you need the tablet, you take the tablets. She said, but God's told me not to take the tablets. So she stopped taking her medication, and guess what happened? She never had one more seizure. And that was 18 years ago, 18 years ago, 19 years ago, not one more seizure. So let me tell you this. If, if you have the faith, it's different. But what happens is people hear that testimony, and I, we actually had a friend who, who heard testimonies like this, and he said, well, I'm just going to stop taking my insulin. And he was in his 30s. He died. That's a waste. Listen, I'm telling you, it, unless God has told you and no one can convince you out of it, if you ever have to go to your pastor and say, should I stop taking my medication? The answer is probably no, because you've already got doubt. And here's the thing. Let me tell you that. It's not, this is complete bonus. I wasn't going to go here, but I feel led of the Spirit. It is not medication or faith. It's not like if you take medication, you're outside the will of God. You're outside of faith. Basically, if you go to the hospital, God's going to leave you at the front door because he's not going in there. You're on your own. It's not, that is not true, church. I'm telling you, God wants you well. His number one way, he wants you instantly healed. In fact, he wants you more than instantly healed. He doesn't even want you sick. But his, his will for you is to be instantly healed miraculously every time. That's how Jesus did it, every time. But we're works in progress. We live in a fallen world. We have our own hearts to deal with, our own unrenewed minds, our souls. And sometimes we're not there to receive that. In fact, a lot of the time, we're not there to receive instant healings. So if you're not receiving an instant healing, there's no condemnation to use other things for God to heal you. I'm not going to back down from ever telling you it's God's will for you to be instantly healed every time supernaturally. No medical treatment, no operations, no medication, no tablets, pills, probes, probes or whatever, okay? No, nothing. That's God's will. But... God's not going to leave you if you go to the, the doctors and, and get treatment. And please don't die early just because you're too stubborn and don't go to the doctors. This is our friend of ours. He left five kids behind because he was too stubborn to go to the doctors. I'm just going to stubborn it out. And he thought his action was going to produce faith. Action doesn't produce faith. The Word of God produces faith. And then you step out. And it's okay to gradually come off things. It's okay to do these things. So... I'm not telling you to go to the doctor and say, doctor, bring it on. Whatever I need, just do it. But I'm also saying don't feel condemned for getting treatment, taking medication, going to the doctors. God wants you well, children, one way or the other. And you know what? He'll work with whatever you give him. He's such a gracious God. He loves you so much. He'll work with whatever you give him. So don't feel condemned. I know so many people in the body of Christ feel condemned because they take medication or they get treatment or they go to the doctors or whatever. They feel condemned. Don't feel condemned. God loves you. He's working with you. He's your greatest cheerleader. And you know what? Maybe, maybe this time you had to do that. Next time you can do a little less. Okay? God loves you and he wants you well. Praise God. So anyway, that was, that was for someone here or maybe online. So, Okay, so she's, she's here. Where was we up to? She's here. She shut the door. Her sons bring the vessels in. They start pouring out the oil. Now, this is interesting. When she started pouring out that oil, that's when the, it started to increase, supernatural increase. We know that because it says here in verse 6, it says, Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And this tells me a few things. One, they got multiple vessels. They got, they got quite a few vessels there. We'll find this out in a minute. But when the last vessel was full, the oil ceased. So let me just ask you this, church. At what point did the supernatural increase of God stop flowing? Was it up to God to stop that flowing? Is it up? Time's up. Your time's up on your miracles. Stop. Your time's up on your supernatural increase. I'm going to shut it off. 
Or was it up to them how many vessels they were presenting? I want to present you, if they had one vessel, the oil would have ceased as soon as that first vessel was full. But if they had 200 vessels, the oil would have kept flowing and kept flowing until those 200 were full. So who determined the size of the harvest? The widow and, the, and their sons. We do. We determine the size of the harvest in our lives. We determine how much supernatural power of God and how much supernatural increase we receive in our life. It's down to us. God is always on. God is always looking to bless. God is, God's eyes, 2 Chronicles 16, is looking for hearts he can bless and to show himself strong in. We're the limiter. Our minds are the limiter. There is no limit with God. In every area, I'm telling you, so they limited God, if you like, in a way, because as soon as that last vessel was full, the oil ceased. It says here, then she came and said to the man, the oil ceased. Let me put it this way. The supernatural overflow of God will only go where the supernatural overflow of God can flow. A little tongue twister there for you on a Sunday morning. But that's true. It's only going to be able to flow where it can flow. And it's not, God's not a God of waste. God's not a God of just its oil is just going to spill out on the floor and be wasted. He's a steward. And I believe that as soon as that last jar was full, they couldn't receive anymore. There was no way for them to receive it, so it ceased. So she went to the man of God. This is verse 7. She, so she told the man of God. And he said, look at this. He said, go and sell the oil and pay your debt. This is another part of this. The miracle was in the increase of oil. But she still had to do something else. She had to gather the pots, do the oil. This is her faith response. But then look what happened. She had to go and sell the oil. Now, we don't know how she sold the oil, but she could have set up a little market stand. I mean, flea market, who knows, and sold the oil. I mean, she could have sold it wholesale. She somehow had to sell this oil. It wasn't like God gave her money. It wasn't like God just delivered the money. God gave her a way of getting the money. You know, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verse 18, it says that he is, do not forget the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. He doesn't give us wealth directly. He gives us the power to get wealth. He gives us the power to increase. And um, that's the wrong verse, is it? Oh, no, it's okay. So Deuteronomy 8, 18, he gives you the power to get wealth. And why does he give us that power to get wealth? So that he can establish his covenant. So here... He gave this widow woman a way to get increase, to, to supernatural increase, but she had to do something to create the wealth. She went and sold the oil, create the wealth. And it says here, this is the end of the story. It says here, it says, go sell the oil, pay your debts off. So she had enough increase to pay off her debts, but she also had extra. Look at this. Pay your debts off and you and your sons live off the rest. So God didn't just supply the needs. He gave them extra. He gave them enough and extra. He gave them enough for them to pay the debts of, for her to pay the debt of, so her sons were now not going to be slaves, but also they could live off the rest. And it came about because they chose to believe God. They chose to shut out the unbelief. They chose to gather lots of pots and, and be in faith and believe God. And God was able to give supernatural increase to that. I'm here to tell you if we'll believe the word of God, He won't just give us enough, He'll give us more than enough. You know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, it says, For you know that for God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. See, God's will for us is to believe him in every area, not just finances, in every area. To believe, to have not just our needs met, but enough to be overflowing. When we teach the word, it should be just the overflow of what God's revealed to us. We should be healed so that we can minister healing to other people. Now, you don't have to be healed to minister healing. You can, we've seen sick people heal for sick people and both get healed. So don't wait till you're fully you know, healed before you pray for someone. But I'm just saying, when you've received your healing, you can give it away. When you've received grace, you give it away. When you've received finances, you give it away. God wants to give you more than enough. I believe it's Genesis 12. He says, I'm going to bless you and make you a blessing. He wants our blessings to overflow so it will affect your family, 
It'll affect your friends. It'll affect your neighborhoods. It'll affect the, 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 the state of Florida. It'll affect the world. He wants to give you overflow of his love, overflow of his resources. And he wants to do the seemingly impossible in your life. The question is, church, are we going to believe him? Are we going to take his word and believe it? Are we going to take his word and believe it? And the thing is, with God's word, a lot of the time it doesn't make logical sense. Think about this. She didn't, I mean, she, this widow woman was like, this doesn't make logical sense. All I've got is one little bit of oil, and I've got to collect all these empty vessels. It doesn't make sense. But how many of you know most of the things in the kingdom of God don't make sense to our natural minds? They don't make sense to our natural mind. We have to believe in by faith, and that's what walking by faith is and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, walk by faith and not by sight. But here's the thing. Romans 1 says, the just shall live by faith. And I've got news for you, church. You are the just. If you've given your life to Jesus, if you've received Jesus, you are the justified. You are saints. You are the just. So the just shall live by faith. So we're not meant to just do faith on a Sunday morning. We're not meant to just do faith when we're in a crisis. We're not meant to just do faith when we need something from God. We're meant to live by faith all the time. And it's not this flaky thing. What living by faith is, is believing the word of God and saying, God, I believe your word more than my feelings, more than the circumstances, more than my logic. If you're a really smart, clever person, I, I'm, I feel for you. I don't fall into that camp, so I'm okay. But Because you have to logic everything out. God, the reason why God wants to have childlike faith is children don't logic things out. They just say, okay, and they believe it. He wants us to be like that. He wants us to believe his word and walk by faith. And I'm telling you, he's looking for people like that. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't matter how educated you are, how uneducated. It doesn't matter how much money you have or haven't got. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter where you've come from. He wants to use people who, who are, I want to say crazy. It can be offensive, but crazy enough to say, I believe you, Lord. In fact, it's, in fact, it's the most sane thing you can do is believe God. In Acts 17, they said, these few have turned the world upside down. In actual fact, we're called to turn the world right side up. We're the ones who believe the word. The world is the ones that have got it wrong and, and the type of got things upside down. We're the ones who got it the right side up. And the good news is anyone can get, receive these truths and live them. Anyone. God's no respecter of person. He's looking for people who, who accept these promises and work with this faith, praise God. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you've set it up that we can determine the size of our harvest. I thank you, Lord, that you have ways where there seems to be no way. And right now, Lord, I pray for everyone listening, watching online, here in person. Lord, for those of us with impossible situations or seemingly impossible situations, for those of us who think there's no way out of this, there's no way out of this. Some of you have made this declaration. Now you feel led in my spirit. Some of you have made this declaration say, there's no way out of this. There's no way out of this. I'm here to tell you God has lots of ways out of that. Not just one. He has multiple ways out of your problem. He's created the solution to your problem before the problem even turned up. And Lord, we believe that right now, Lord. We believe you always give us a way of escape. We believe, Lord, you always have a way through. You always make a way in the wilderness. I thank you, Lord, you're a way maker, God. And I thank you, Lord, that some of us are in situations maybe believing for healing, maybe believing for, for relationship restorations, maybe we're believing for financial breakthroughs, for increase. Lord, maybe we're believing for our own mental health so we can be at peace again. Whatever it is, Lord, I thank you that you've paid the price for that on the cross. Lord Jesus, you came down grace personified took our place and paid for everything we'll ever need in this life 
And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You did that in our place. And now you've risen again. And Lord, we can live that life you lived for us. We can receive that life you gave for us. And right now I speak life over everyone listening. I speak life to marriages. I speak life to finances. I speak life to children's relationships. I speak life to in every area of their life. It's life to their bodies, life to their, to their mental health, their thinking, their mental capacity. Life in Jesus' name. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, Jesus said. Abundant life. Some of you are believing if only it could be like it used to be. If only I can just about make it. God's saying He wants to take you beyond. He wants to give you more. He wants to show you more and provide more than enough. So right now I speak that supernatural increase over you in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that your will for us is to be healed and whole and prosper in every area of our lives. And I thank you, Lord, you give us these, these Old Testament examples, Lord, for us to look at. But, Lord, I thank you we have such a better covenant. I thank you we don't have to go to a person. We can go straight to you, Lord. And you'll show us, as we sit at your feet, Jesus, you'll show us exactly what to do. Just like Elisha gave that widow woman instructions. You're going to give us instructions. Some of you are going to have dreams tonight. Some of you are going to have visions. Some of you are going to actually have things happen to you. You're going to, have, you're going to be praying. Make sure you spend time with God today because you're going to be praying and He's going to reveal things to you. Just a thought, just an idea. And that thought and idea is Him instructing you, just like He instructed the widow woman to get vessels. He's going to give you a business plan. He's going to give you a model of how to get out of this debt. He's going to give you a model of how to increase financially. He's going to give you a model to follow and go with it. Go with the Word of God. Take those steps of faith, even if it doesn't make logical sense. He knows how to provide for His children. He knows how to increase us. He knows how to see us healed and prospered. Lord, we thank you. We love you today, Lord. We love you. We thank you, Lord, that we have these promises. We thank you, Lord, your Word is true. We thank you, Lord, for everything. You're so good to us, Lord. You're so good to us. Let's give Jesus some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. You know, one more thing I want to do before I turn this service over to Pastor Shannon. You know, we travel and we, we actually, our ministry is a, a primar- primarily a media ministry. We have television program. Anyone seen our television program? It's called Abundant Life, a few of you. We're on Daystar, TBN, PTL, a few other channels. Um, you should watch it. It costs us thousands of dollars to make. <laughs> so, so, but anyway, we, the exciting thing is actually you're not, the, you're not our audience in a way. We're actually going out fishing for new people. That's what's happening. That's what television's about. Television's about outreach. And we have so many people write our ministry or phone us that got healed. Just We had one, the lady was in hospital in Arkansas. She was in a hospital bed and she was flicking through the television and the doctor said she was going to be in hospital at least three months. And it, they gave her a bad diagnosis at least three months. She was flicking through the television channels and she found these, she said this funny English couple, must be the accent or something. So she, she stopped flicking through the channels and just watched us and she heard the truth about how good God was. She heard about the abundant life. She heard about these things and she phoned in. Anyway, cut a long story short, she got prayer and she left the hospital two days later and prayed. We've sent her resources. She's prospering. We had people in Africa. We had a, a young man in Africa who watched our program and now he's prospering. He's actually started his own business in Nigeria, Africa and actually selling school books and doing all these things through watching our program. We know, you know God has more for him. So our television program is going out all around the world. It potentially can be watched by two billion people. Two billion people could potentially. Amen. It's through Daystar and TBN 
and PTO. So anyway, our program goes out. So we are seeing lots of people set free, born again, receiving Jesus for the first time, and set free through television. So television is really evangelistic. It's very, it's, it's, it's outreach-based. And then we have other things in our ministry that we do. Power Academy, which is a, a free online Bible school. We have um, boot camp groups, which are small online groups. We do lots of things. We give materials away. We do lots of things to get the word out. And one of the things we do is travel to churches like this, good churches where we love to share the word and hopefully encourage you, encourage the pastors, encourage you. And we never charge to come to churches. I didn't even know people charged. You know that? People charge. We never charge to come to churches. We always pay for our own expenses. In fact, you know, we just ministered for Andrew Womack this last three days. We paid for our own flights. We paid our own way. We believe in, in giving, giving the church you know, the, the, the expenses. We never, we never uh, charge the expenses. We never ask them. But we do believe in the biblical model, and that is if you've received anything spiritual, to at least give you the opportunity to actually sow materially. So First um, Corinthians 9, 11 says, if you've received spiritually, you should be able to give materially. Now, there's never any pressure. Never any pressure. We're not, this is no, no pressure or anything else. In fact, we was in Atlanta one time, and I, I, they forgot to bring our envelopes. We have envelopes there. If you want an envelope, there's envelopes in the seat back pockets. If you want to give an offering, this is 100% going to Teradiz Ministries. Me and Kylie will not receive this personally. This goes to Teradiz Ministries. This is going to world evangelism. So we're going to put this into airtime on television. So we believe this will actually get the gospel out. We know it will get the gospel out to thousands of people, millions. So if you want to uh, give a gift, you can use the envelopes. You can write a check to Teradiz Ministries. You can um, give by credit card, debit card. I say gold cash, jewellery, car keys, we're even joking. But, and here's what I will say, I don't want anything you came to give the church. What, what, tithe to, to uh, your church, give to your church, give us an offering on top if you want to, there's never any pressure. So anyway, we, um, uh, I was in Atlanta and they forgot the envelopes, so I said, oh, we just won't take up an offering, because I just want to let you know, we don't, our ministry isn't like suffering. We're, we're prospering. God's blessed us. We're able to do things and, and, and do more outreach. So we're not like, if you don't give in this offering, we're not going to make it home. Okay, That's not like that. So I thought, well, you know what? We don't need the money. We just won't take an offering. The Lord rebuked me. I mean, right there, he rebuked me. He said, you think the offering is about you? He said, the offering is about the people getting the opportunity to sow into good ground. I'm telling you. I was like, yes, sir. I'm sorry. He, he said, Philippians 4.17. You know, Philippians 4.17 says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. And I love to give. We give to, to ministries. We give to churches. We give to missions. And if you told me I couldn't give, I'd be mad at you. I'd be like, I want to give because I know that's where my increase comes from. See, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 says he gives seed to the sower and bread to eat, but he increases the seed that you sow. So when you sow seed, it's always because God's trying to get more to you. He's not trying to take from you. But we have to give him seeds to work with. A hundredfold of nothing is nothing. We have to give him seeds to work with. So I want you to believe big today. We have a big vision for our, for our television outreach to see thousands of people set free. So I want you to think big today. I want you to give generously. And give in a way that's stretching your faith. This is not, like I said, we're not, me and Kylie are not receiving. This is going to our ministry. A million dollars could come in today. It will not affect us personally at all. But we will get excited because that means a million dollars more airtime, a million dollars more gospel going out. So we are, we are a non-profit. Everything that comes in goes out to the gospel, literally 100%. And um, it's powerful to see that. So if you want to give today, uh, give generously and um, believe God. We've, we've often believed God when we give. In fact, when we give, we always want to believe God and say, God, you know what? We're, we're, we're giving by faith here. And God can use your giving to get you things that money couldn't buy. We've had breakthroughs in all different areas where we've given. And actually, after we've given, things have happened. I'll give you one quick story because I know it takes a while to fill out those, uh, those credit card details. So I'll give you one quick story. I was, uh, I was at a church similar size to this. And the pastor said to me, we've got one payment to make to pay off the building. 
And we at the time had a house in Coral Springs that was, uh, we had a mortgage on. And I wanted to be debt free on that house. So the Holy Spirit said to me, you could, you could pay this building off. You could pay the, make the last payment on the building. So I said, okay. So the pastor came to the stage and said, I said, pastor, I want to make the last payment. He said, I said, no, no, I'd like to. He said, well, come and see me Monday. Well, I went to bed and I realized I didn't ask him how much it was. I started sweating in bed. I, was, I couldn't sleep. I was tossing and I was like, it could, I mean, who knows how much it could be? So I finally met him on Monday. He said, it's $3,300. Now, that was a sacrifice for us. This is about 10, 15 years ago. It was a big sacrifice for us, but we made the check for $3,300 and gave it to him. And it was hard. It was a generous gift. You know, it was generous because it was tough for us to give that. We didn't have much left after we gave that. See, a generous gift to one might be $100. To another, it might be $100,000. It's all about, is it, is it generous to, compared to how much you have? You can tell if it's generous because your flesh is going to get a little scared. If you start shaking when you write the check, it's a generous gift. You start sweating. You see the buckets go, you're like, it's gone. My money's gone. You get to bed that night thinking, how much did I give? You wake up in the morning like, oh, man, what, did I really give that much? Give me my Bible. If you think, like, if you have giver's remorse, okay, you know it's a generous <laughs> gift. I'm just saying. If you, if you, you stop believing for the increase, you're just believing for a refund, okay? That's when you know it's a generous gift. And to one person, it might be $100. To another person, it might be $100, literally. So it's not about the amount. You know, the widow woman gave two mites, and she was generous. Okay, so, so it was generous for us at the time. $3,300 was a generous gift. So we gave him that gift. And the pastor prophesied, and he said, you're going to get given a house, or you're going to have a house worth $330,000 debt-free. And at the time, that was impossible. I was like, that's impossible. That's not going to happen. But how many of you know? God's not trying to take from you. His very nature is generosity. So anytime he asks you to give, especially when he asks you to give extra like this. It's because he's trying to get something else to you. So it's a long story. I won't go into all of it. It's supernatural. Within, I think, two years later, we owned a house in Colorado Springs. We, we paid the mortgage off on it. We've made the last payment on our own personal mortgage. And then we had, the bank had to revalue it. And guess how much that house was worth at the time? $330,000. And I remembered it was that seed I sowed. See, it wasn't about God taking from me. He was trying to get more to me. And even though at the time it was tough, you know what? Look what happened afterwards. God's trying to get to, uh, more to us. So he always increases the seed that you sow. He's never taken from us. He's trying to get more to us. So I'm going to pray for this offering. I'm going to believe for supernatural breakthroughs on this offering. I believe Terry's ministry is a good ground because we have big vision and, and lots of things are happening. So we're getting the gospel out. So if you want to give into Terry's ministries, go ahead. I'm going to pray for this offering. Father God, I thank you all for this offering. I thank you all that every penny in this offering is going to spread your gospel, Lord. It's going to establish your covenant. And Lord, we believe right now that thousands, hundreds of thousands of people will come to know you. Lord, come to know you, Lord, for, this, for the airtime on this offering, for the, for the television program going out. I thank you, Lord, for miracles. I thank you, Lord, for salvations. I thank you, Lord, for testimonies. I thank you, Lord, that this, this offering is going to turn into, this, this, this seemingly insignificant money is going to turn into true riches. And that's people's lives changed. I thank you, Lord, this money is going to be used for, to change people's lives with eternal consequences. So I thank you, Lord, that as we give today, we're going to see lives changed. And I thank you, Lord, for the people giving, their lives being changed. I thank you for increase, supernatural increase coming back on them. I thank you, your word does not return void. And you promised us that when we give, it's going to be given back to us. It's going to be actually increased back to us. So right now I speak supernatural increase over these seeds. I thank you, Lord, seeds always grow into harvest. And right now I speak harvest on people's offerings. I speak supernatural harvest on these offerings. I thank you, Lord, for supernatural debt release. I thank you, Lord, for promotions. I thank you for new business ideas. I thank you for new clients in business, new contracts. I thank you for supernatural increase. Lord, I thank you that we are believing for increase so we can be a greater blessing. And right now, Lord, we receive that increase. Just like the widow woman received that supernatural increase. I speak supernatural increase over every seed sown today, over everyone giving today. And as 
we give by faith, Lord, I thank you for the testimonies. I thank you for the testimonies of people's lives increasing. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone's going from 50, you'll know who you are, but you have 15 clients. And the Lord said, it's not 30, he's going to give you 35 this year. So whoever that is, you've got 15 clients, you're going to go to 35. Just believe God. He's going to make it happen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Someone's got a debt that's so big, you don't even want to know. Like You try to not think about it, but that debt is on your mind all the time. You know who you are. That debt is on your mind all the time, and you purposely try not to think about it. You don't look at it. You don't. You, the Lord's saying, that's a giant. And I've given you a few stones here, and that's offerings. And as you give these offerings, that giant's coming down. Your way out of that debt is giving. And he's going to show you how you're going to give your way out of debt. Thank you, Lord, for that supernatural debt release, whoever that is, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you, and we believe your promises, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for increasing every offering in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen, amen. You can receive the offering if you haven't already. You can pass the buckets. Man, I've had great fun this morning. I hope you have too. I hope you got something good. We love you. We're going to be back at 5 p.m. Um, so remember, come back at 5 p.m. Remember, we have a product out there. And if you haven't got money today to buy any product, then um, CIP will give you something to take home. Um, but I believe every one of you can go back there and get some resources, maybe get some extras to give to friends or family. You'll be blessed. Thank you, Pastor Shannon and Karen, so much for sharing Lake Haven with us this morning. We are so blessed to be here. So Thanks. thank you, brother. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. I want to tell you, man, what a great blessing. Wasn't that awesome? Praise God. Let's give him a hand. I thank you. I tell you, I want, to, I, want you, I want you to know, Ashley, we just so appreciate I mean, I know Carly's got her own gift on it, but I love the, the, the teaching in you, and thank you for teaching us about, there's such an anointing in your teaching. We wholeheartedly love it. We receive it. Um, I know that, I tell you what, we, you, there is a word of God here for so many people just to plug into. And, and I know there's always people that, that sometimes feel weird about money and stuff like that. And, but God loves a cheerful giver and never under compulsion. You've heard it many, many times here at Lake Haven. But, man, I tell you, what an opportunity for fantastic breakthrough. And we just so appreciate the gift that's on your life. I didn't say it earlier, but for the Lake Haven envelopes, if you are giving to Lake Haven, um, the boxes at the wall are if you're going to use an envelope. Of course, online regular giving is um, we, we do online or mail-in checks and stuff like that. That's I, I didn't give that little blurb earlier but that's how typically we do um, we do the lake heaven but but thank you for blessing ashley and carly today we want to see them and we will see them blessed and lake haven wants to give an offering i tell you from this church every time we've done this there's been expansion in lake haven and so lake haven will also be giving an offering to into into ashley and carly's ministry so we so appreciate now listen come back at five you do not want to miss that. You will miss out if you miss out what's God. There's, there's, God is working things for you and for other people. And, think through for, and there's people that won't be here tonight that God wants you to be a channel for. That's true. I know it goes quiet, but I'm telling you, God wants to use you. Amen. These hands, your hands. You can look at them today. God wants to use your hands. You are an instrument. Amen. We love you guys. Thanks for coming today. Remember, we do have the prayer team that will be up here right now. Um, they always are. And, the, and if, you, if you do not know Jesus, this is a, an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Uh, we, we, you, just, Jesus said, you call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. And I'm telling you, he meets you just where you're at. So um, I want to encourage you, do not go home. If you do not know the Lord, come and see one of our prayer moments. If you, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, uh, come up and speak to one of our, our prayer moments. 
ministers as well. We love you. Have a great lunch and see you later today.